hey, um, I thought I was going to be interviewing Joey. Joey thought he was going to be <laughs> potting with me. Um, either way, this is a discourse between gods, and we're just going to you know rock and roll it. Discourse between gods. You know what time it is. Love it. Hell yeah. So anyway, I was still in these lounge chairs. I know how you feel. <laughs> Actually killed his best friend. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I was like, I'm talking about a lizard, man. Tricked some guys into blowing him, I guess. And then like, the whole thing sounds like a bad time. There it is. Right. Uh, welcome to the next episode of Discoursers, which is also in between gods today. Woo. Because... I have the Andy Liston. Hello, everybody. Hi. And then this is also going to, hopefully, because I can't run my own show correctly, this is going to double as an episode of In Between Gods. Uh, Maybe you can crisscross In Between Pods and check us both out. So that'd be, I hope, a little cross promo right there. Yeah. A little podcast incest. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Getting down with the fam, yeah. dirty dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what do you what do you talk about on your podcast? Um, so sorry, as I lick my dry, mm. you're good. Take your time. Mm. This is now just exclusively an ASMR podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 but um, in between gods is like so. Uh, I'm assuming. You guys don't know me. More? More? No, just here. Oh, yeah, Fuck the camera. Fuck them. Fuck the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't fuck matter. The camera. This is a combo. This is, yeah, it's a fucking conversation. Oh, yeah. They're not part of it. That's true. They wish they were. Yeah. You're just on a phone. Just All kidding. Right. I love you. Cheers. Um, but yeah, so like the reason I started a podcast and there's this the trope of like, okay, white guys are bored in the pandemic. I'm going to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about before the show like, I have that guy who started a podcast. And then also, uh, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the wellspring of, of comedians locally and, and maybe other friends in different areas of the country that are starting their own podcasts. And it's Everybody's like, got a podcast now. Right? Yeah. And and you, you see someone have a podcast and you're like, what the fuck could you be talking about? <laughs> right. What could you, what possibly could you, like what? And then I realized, oh, they're having the exact same thoughts about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as we like to see ourselves in, in like in whatever light and think of how people see us really we're just another person on their instagram Mm -hmm. legitimately and it's uh as like whatever fun we've had we're really we are just another post on instagram for their finger to fly through in half a second 100 percent. 100 you're right and it's like for me i i've come to terms with like death uh like my death specifically and i've kind of i kind of don't want to have a family I want to do stand-up comedy. That's all I really... I mean, I, I have to go be a professional at some point later. Not professional, but like just do make money somehow uh, before I can even think about trying to make five bucks at a show. Um, right. But, you know, yeah. The, the if cor- they pay you. Yeah, if. Yeah. If. That's a big if. They're like, you will pay you if you make... You know, if Dave Chappelle comes, we'll pay you. And it's like, all right. Well, I don't know him but yeah i just uh stand has been down i really just wanted to start talking about it or not talking about but just like doing comedy in a long form way i realize i recognize now that i've done a couple episodes i'm kind of funnier when i'm not doing like written material Mm. a little bit or well maybe that that might just be biased but also everyone tells me you're funnier when you're not trying to be funny and at first i was like oh 
that's like, oh, that hurts. Because when I try to be funny, you're, you're like, you're not going to. But then it's kind of like also, hey, maybe I should just do something where I'm not trying to be funny. Maybe I should just do something where, you know, and the name in between gods is just like, um, I'm very, you know, I'm a free spirit for whatever independent guy. Uh, really, that's just like doesn't believe in a God. Right. <laughs> you mm-hmm. chalk all that up. And, uh, you know, well, that's the same thing as agnostic, right? Yeah. Uh, like agnostics, like, yeah, there could be. So I guess I'm, I'm pretty agnostic, I guess, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I realize probably oh, I believe in science a little bit more. But, you know, it's like... Wait, Scientology? I wish. <laughs> I fucking... That's, I how, wish. that's how you get rich right there. Oh, my God. Scientology. I, or you get really broke. If you just way. start doing open mics, but, like, you are a member of the Church of Scientology. And so they're like, hey, we can put you on platforms and stuff. You just got to have all the right Hubbard material. You know what I mean? You got to push this platform. Yeah, but that you're also really never idea, allowed. Actually, you're never allowed to take medication ever again. Really? Ever in Scientology? Yeah. Can you lie about it? I'm pretty sure they know. Damn. They have tabs on everyone. They have wow. cars in front of your house. No medication, like even like blood pressure meds. As far as I know, no. Wow. Because I know there have been a few people die from missing their epileptic uh, medications. Oh no. Apparently, John Travolta's kid died of epilepsy after he took him off the medication. Really? Yeah. And he's a Scientologist. Wow. Yeah. That's f- fucking wild. That's yeah. crazy that you'll sell your soul to to an institution like that at, at the cost of your child's life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's humanity. Yeah. That's what I'm, it is. I could be wrong on that, but I read it somewhere. You a know, guy told me. A guy heard it from a guy. I heard it from a guy. Facts. And that's pretty much all history. Yeah. It's just guys hearing it from different guys. Just every now and then, like the third or fourth person that heard it wrote it down. Facts. It was, <laughs> at that point, it was all telephone anyway. Mm-hmm. You know? It was like, Alexander Graham Bell made the phone. And they're like, no, it was actually. And he's like, I'm just going to say Alexander yeah. Graham. <laughs> Look, gonna... the, the ink's already drying. We're running out of paper. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, the, it, has a good, it has a good ring to it. It's a bell. The phone rings like a bell. It's You get it. Stick with yeah. it. Marketing 101. 101, yes. I took a marketing class over summer, which uh, I thought I was going to walk in and just like know everything. It turns out I don't know everything. I actually don't. And um, Wow. But a I'm revelation. Like, right? I like, I, but I like the idea that I know everything because I only know exactly what I know. Mm-hmm. And if you just walk into any conversation with confidence, especially if you look the way I look or if you're potting the way I pod, it's mm-hmm. like, all right, we get it. You're probably wrong on a lot of stuff, but it's also like, hey, that's fun. And that's really what In Between Gods is all about. It's just like my point of view because it's now like we can't really do stand-up. So, I mean... You yeah. got this pod, you got the the ass pod, no, not the ass podcast, but the yeah. the ain't shite show. Ass cast. Ass cast. Of course. Mm. That has a nice ring to it. It's actually called the ain't shite show. Ain't so, shite yeah. Because we ain't shit. <laughs> That's why. Or shite. But we named it ain't shite to get through all the censors. Really? Yeah. Very Which smart. Shit, shit's a heavy word. Shite is not. Yeah. That's actually pretty smart. Or it can be pronounced Shite. Shite? Yeah. The Ancient Show. Oh, so that means it's, that's like a one, two, three triple entendre with two uses. Look at you. There you go. Shit. <laughs> We're branding geniuses. <laughs> but yeah, it's like. See, I, I already know everything. 
Right? That's what I'm saying. And that's why and like that's why like guys like you and me it's not that we we accept that we are wrong wrong to a lot of people on a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and we accept that we don't know everything, but we do know that we know everything that we know. And it's like sorry, I'm really going deep. I'm on Adderall. I'm on yeah. No, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> should just check should I camera. say that? Oh hell yeah. yeah. Um but like you know, we only know what we know, and as far as stand-up comedians go, you want to be contrarian, you want to be a little edgy maybe, you want to be different, you want to have a, a unique point of view. Right. And uh, if you're a stand-up comedian, you have, or at least you believe in yourself to say that you have that point of view. Right. And that's why, like, you know, I would start in between gods, because it's like, I feel like I have something to say. I might as well say it right now. I'm not going to have kids. I'm not going to, you know have a lasting legacy besides maybe my words mm-hmm. so it's like i might just do that you know what i mean and that's where I, really why i started it to get going for the uh, going for around. the broke philosopher's life huh yes yeah i'm actually end up paper. drinking hemlock in a in a cabin Ooh, somewhere yum if i could afford a cabin <laughs> right or the hemlock you're talking about career passage podcaster comedian <laughs> philosopher the three the you make the most money doing those three is really <laughs> you know if Almost everyone out there, I was realizing something the other day, is that when you're trying to write your bio and you say that I'm a comedian, writer, actor, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. if you've done multiple things in your life and you start to smash those together, you really get a sense of accomplishment. You're like, wait, I am all of these things. Yes. I'm not pretending to be. It's that validation I am seeking. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. Well, I, I like to stay away from the validation. Um, True. Make it more realization. True. Because the validation, the validation, I think, has a bit of like a prideful oh, ego yeah. to it. You that's know? that's like, me. And I mean, as much as we'll talk about, you know, narcissism and ego is uh, completely egotistical. And I mean, it's probably I say I'm like conceited and I'm cocky, and I feel like by saying that it doesn't make me appear that way, but it's also like. If you're doing stand up, and I mean, for me, it's stand up. The bottom, it's all about validation, like acceptance mm-hmm. and stuff. And um, you know, like really, I just want to be accepted by a group of strangers thinking that I'm funny, right? Because I've always felt like I'm funny, and now it's like, you know, maybe I am. And so that's really all I'm chasing. Um, but but the realization part, get what what does that mean per se? I would say it's realizing that you've reached a new level of experience in life, but not discounting the work that you put into it. Because I think with the validation, that takes away the work ethic of it. The The, the reward is simply the, the, the scars and the blood and the sweat and the tears of bombing and getting punched in the face or whatever it may be you know and build those up after a while and once that experience it's like a video game yeah stop and you're like and you've leveled up true you know i think i just ripped that off from joe rogan (laughs) hey but aren't we all just ripping i mean (laughs) white dudes with our own podcast aren't we all just ripping off joe rogan every single second we wake up bro jamie pull up that video of the monkey i wish i (laughs) wish man my will if you're watching this and you will probably listen to this when you edit it you gotta i mean not to not to jump on joe rogan's back but you gotta watch some jamie vernon highlights you gotta watch jamie vernon's (laughs) mixtape his (laughs) mixtape but yeah it's like 
yeah, Joe Rogan, all that validation, realization, I guess it's for, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. Cause it's like, you see kids on TikTok and I know a couple of comedians that are like now really big on TikTok, like, like seven figures big. Mm-hmm. And they got there from doing consistent sketches with characters and like putting out consistent content. And now I, I know a guy who I was doing mics with in Orlando. He's making 40K a month on Patreon. Damn, son. Like what? What? Yeah. He's making 40K a month. On, and it's all because he blew up on TikTok. He unfollowed me on Instagram. I was like, all right, Mr. Big Time. <laughs> okay, Mr. Dude. All right. But now it's like, you know, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. It's finding the validation. Um, oh, yeah. I guess money would give you some validation. Maybe not a lot of realization. For but sure. Definitely some, re- yeah, validation. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's yeah. mostly like, I mean, respect for my peers in the sense of validation. But with realization, you're talking about all the scars and like digging in the trenches and stuff. And I really mm-hmm. value that too. And so when I'm talking about like these guys that are getting huge on TikTok and my jealousy for them, my in, immense jealousy for them, mm-hmm. $40,000, my incredible, incredible jealousy for these guys that I feel like for some reason I should be doing that. And that's like the valid, like just really it's acceptance from my peers, acceptance from audiences. And, uh, you know, I hope one day I, I have these scars and all this stuff. And I, re- I recognize that I'm not doing just like pandering and I'm doing what's funny to me. Right. And so I take after that in that way. Um, but like, you know, as much as that realization and, and those scars and those battle wounds of, of doing the long haul, doing all that stuff. Now we're reaching a point where with media and we watched like the all the comedians leaving L.A. and the comedians leaving New York. It's like we've now reached a point where you don't need the network television show right and people are bawling the fuck out on their own andrew schultz andrew schultz andrew schultz is bawling the fuck out it. he's starting his own studio and shit like fucking killing it incredible yeah, yeah and he deserves it. it too because he's fucking hilarious yeah because he started out doing nothing but crowd work yeah he did the crowd work special yeah <laughs> and then he fucking put it on youtube and got like a couple million hits the only problem i had with it was that he had to cut it somewhere in the middle because you can only rip that audience for so long until you oh, need yeah. a new audience. Mm-hmm. So there definitely was a, a a space in there where they cut it and then with a the new audience, which I appreciate because you can only roast one audience so fucking long. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, phenomenal special. I yeah. love that. He, and he I did mean, it all on his own. Yeah. No Netflix, no fucking Amazon. Isn't that so wonderful? Yeah, it's that beautiful. We can now, well, I mean, we're obviously, you know, trying to attain that in our own sort of ways but it's just it's also, it's also it's just so hugely inspiring media godliness oh. yes legitimately, legitimately know me know my face follow me on instagram at just all that <laughs> stuff right it's i mean man it's I, as much as like we're talking about starting a podcast and realization validate i mean it's a little bit of, for me it's a little bit of all that but i also kind of isn't the root of it, we just want people to think we're funny? I mean, for me, I just want people... What do you want out of it? I don't know. I'm a bad comedian because I don't care if people laugh. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, that's the, which is, that, which is, that's the makings of a good comedian. I guess. <laughs> you do what makes you laugh, and then other people will find that funny. No, I'm a weird person. So, <laughs> like, it's... it's I, I'm, 
I would definitely, if there were a lot of people that were to find me funny and I was to actually to make a little bit of money off of actual comedy stuff, it would have to be a very little niche crowd, kind of like a Doug Stanhope crowd or something, you know? Oh, yeah, well, look like at Doug those, Stanhope right now. Yeah, like those little nut job tribes that you get that'll yeah. follow you anywhere. He's got a pocket in every state in the country, though. Indeed. A couple thou. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like, you think about like, I think about, because it's so hard to get like ratings or reviews or even views on like a, on a podcast. And it's like, I think about, I'm so thankful that I, I would text a group of friends say, Hey, would you maybe check out my podcast? Maybe rate and review it. If, if you have the time, it takes mm-hmm. two seconds. And if one of them does it, I just, I feel so eternally grateful that that person has, has taken the time out to support me. And it's, it's people that, you know, that like I know, and the idea of like 10 strangers, which I mean, we probably both have like maybe 10 strangers, mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, that's 10 people. That's a good, that's 10 people that have each invested whatever amount of time into your successes as a comedian because they genuinely support what you do. And then you take maybe 50 people, maybe 100 people, thousand, couple thousand, a couple thousand people. Dude, Man. if I could even just make it to a thousand total downloads, <laughs> I'd be fucking right as rain. I mean, that, what this has been around over, about a year now. Oh, shit. Uh, my podcast, oh, the, yeah. the 50% part of it on this side, uh, <laughs> has been around for about a year, but I went a couple of months without putting shit out. So there's only 12 episodes out right now. Mm-hmm. But I have, as I promised on social media and the blog, over and over and over again, I have six or seven recorded this is going to be number eight hell yeah so i just need to edit them i'm in the pocket let's ride yeah Yeah, i've got that's another thing that sorry just to finish up that up um i have about a total of 390 total downloads shit okay mr man that's not i mean i don't know man that's not a lot think about that 309 only half of them are you yeah, it's like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think that every time I check, I'm like, I only listened to this episode three times today. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, so, someone else listened to half of it. That's dope. <laughs> oh, I only listen. I only listen to it once, and that's when I'm editing it. And then once that's done, I don't even go back and look at the final product because really? I take my time going through, especially with the switching camera shit. Oh, dang! And I and then I put it down, and then I'm like, all right, that's it. Export. <laughs> Go I'm, fuck yourself. I'm kind of opposite in that way. I'll, I'll like just be like, all right, it's whatever, edited, just throw it up, and it's thrown up, and then it's like, I'm, I'm listening to it, and I'm like, oh, there's like a fan going off in the back for like half of this shit. Like, mm. there's like a garbage truck just sitting outside my apartment right now. It's kind of, I don't know, should we take this down? So that's like... I have to turn the AC off because it's right outside this window. Oh, snap. So it does start to get warm in here during the day. True. If I do it, it's fucking lame. It's like a not imagine. Setup. <laughs> whatever it records shit so facts that's way. all you need indeed right I mean I just got like a microphone and a computer and I just start screaming at it hopefully it doesn't break if that thing breaks I'm fucked <laughs> right it'll be the last episode in between God <laughs> right 100% how many uh, how many guests have you had on has, has it been just you so or? it's um, I had my if I'm like if I want to do interviews and stuff and like having guests because I, I want to grow it like so people are fans of me, maybe not like my interviews. And I know that's, again, egotistical. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, 
kind of trying to attack it in that way where they they become genuine fans of the person i am mm, yes um, yeah, yeah yeah so i have like if i have a guest on it's going to be like someone that i think is either fucking hilarious or like someone who's really interesting like they have something going on like uh i have an unreleased episode with mike goldstein uh you know you know him president yeah. of owner ceo multinational of tallahassee right. cap city pedicabs right and he's like he's i have two thousand shares in it so facts yeah, yeah. don't we all <laughs> i think he's like you want to pay for a ride and you're like yes he's like here's actual stock in my company <laughs> but no <Yeah>. um <laughs> he's it he has a very specific thing to him in that he's riding around giving rides to pedestrians in one of the biggest like college towns in America, just living that life. And he's known as the pedicab guy. So I had mm. him and then you, and then, you know, well, what's funny is mm. that I did, I was, I rode a pedicab for four years. Really? In downtown in the French quarter, New Orleans. How the fuck was that? It was. How do you have so many things about, look, <laughs> Okay, I know uh, I know so many like tids, uh, odd tidbits and like little ends of, of about about Mr. Joey Deloach here, but it's like four years in a pedicab in the French Quarter. Yeah, yeah. Where haven't you lived? Yeah, uh, I haven't lived in L.A. Oh, well, maybe that's next. Um, I haven't lived in the, the Northwest either. Really, mostly East Coast. Well, you're not missing much in the Northwest. Yeah, not really. No, it's just, not a fan. It's yeah. too gloomy. It's literally just like. I don't want to wave to a cowboy, right? Like a mile away, like "Hey, neighbor." That's not no. I feel hey, that. The cowboys and Antifa fighting it out up there, apparently. <laughs> you know, because the Antifas don't know how to ride horses, It'd so they a have a disadvantage, movie. and they look like aliens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man! The, so pedicab and French Quarter. How does that go? Well, you you're an independent contractor, and so you literally show up. You take out the bike. You sign up for schedule or whatever. Uh, we would go out from 6 p.m. till about, depending on the night, sometimes till about 4 a.m. Jesus. Uh, yeah, about 10 hours. And, uh, dude, these people were drunk and they were fat. Every and denomination they were I assume. Drunk. <laughs> and they were drunk. Did I mention that? <laughs> I mean, it was, wow, dude. I, I can't tell you how many times just randomly. Fuck some chick on cocaine in a hotel room. Really? Just lock my bike up outside. Because <laughs> I knew all the door guys. Because I was hanging out outside the hotel. Oh, So I'd be like, hey, man, I'll throw you like a 20 if you watch my bike. I'm going to put it over here with a bike lock on. And he's like, yeah, word. I got you. Wow. So then you go up and do your thing. Yeah. One of the nicest hotels there. I, I fucked in their pool. Which is on the roof. <laughs> it's on the roof. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a step back because it's like pedicab driver for four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, comedian now, EMT. Well, the comedian thing's a stretch. Well, yeah. it's always a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> Every single morning we get up and we stretch, don't we? Indeed. Um, <laughs> but it's like, you know, pastry chef. Mm-hmm. Well, pastry cook, technically. Pastry I didn't cook. have a degree. True. So, pastry uh, cook. Oh, wow. But it's like, you're talking about realization. Mm-hmm. You are in the process of realizing it. That's like... Like this, the things like that you tell me and the stories I hear, the life experiences you've had, it's like, oh yeah, for sure. It's like, you're built for this. You know, you see comedians and stuff and it's like, yeah, some people want to be comedians. Some people grow up and they're like, oh, I could do comedy. I want to go do stand. A lot of people just live life and then they're like, oh, this is comedy. 
this and not saying like life is i mean of course life is a joke but like yeah not saying like your life is a joke but you you have garnered so many experiences that are just like unique you have a a new perspective you've met a ton of people so you know what the people like you know like it's just it's so interesting to me well that makes it that makes it kind of difficult too because with the the experiences that i have like i've worked for orthodox jewish people one of my best friends was orthodox jewish uh, up in new york city in fact i went to his wedding how was that uh, it was all orthodox. I was like one of three goys in the entire place. <laughs> Is you know? that what they call yeah, orthodox? Yeah, it's a slang term for uh, non-Jewish people. Oh wow! Yeah, it's basically like the N-word or like you know, <laughs> retard or something like that. You know, it's it's they, but you can use it lightheartedly at the yeah. same time. You know, if you're in on True. the joke, it's not offensive to us. Yeah, right. So I have those experiences. So when I talk about those experiences, like. I don't know, like me bringing a ham sandwich into his house on Shabbat. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, the audience is like, oh my God, is that a hate crime? And I'm like, no, it's a joke. The dude got it. He didn't have to eat it. He didn't touch nice. it. I was just fucking with him. <laughs> he didn't get mad. And in fact, he laughed about it. Right? You know what I mean? And that's, and see, that's like what I love about like meeting, especially in Tallahassee, because Tallahassee is like everything. Like, like there's there's not a a moment in Tallahassee if you're meeting new people every day that you'll be bored mm-hmm. in that sense. Because, I mean, while Tallahassee is, I'm sure for many people, the place they spend the majority of their lives, it's also like you got three colleges, you got the capital of Florida, you got just an influx of people coming every single year in and out. Yeah, but I don't like most door. of those people. Yeah, oh, no. Student stuff, I'm not, not a fan. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, I, I completely... I mean, the student stuff is like, I, I I haven't really been involved in school for like about two years now because I just had to get away from that. And the culture is dying, too. It is. It that very much culture is. culture is yeah. very much dying. A school, uh, just the demand for universities, master's programs, people are starting to realize, wait a minute, this is kind of bullshit. Yeah. And there's other people like me that quit 10th grade, got a good enough diploma and then the GED, and then just went straight out into the world, and homeless, and, and construction, and like just as a, now I'm the chief editor of a thing, and it, just do random things. Just go out. You know, you know my Wait, number. <laughs> so you just glossed over that in like ten seconds. Homeless construction worker. Yeah. CEO. No, I didn't say CEO. Editor. No, chief editor. Yeah. Chief. Yeah. Yeah. The only editor, but technically I'm the chief editor. The man is built for comedy. The man is built for comedy. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Look at this. You see the American flag. You know exactly. Well, you, you got to be funny for comedy. You see, I got all these experiences, which actually kind of disassociate me kind of like where I go sometimes. Yeah. Because I'm not going to say it's like a curse of knowledge, of outside knowledge from places, you know, but like you said, there's a lot of people that spend most of their time in Tallahassee, most of the time here. And you know what? Like, that's cool. I'm not knocking that at all. It's not that they're dumb. It, in the least I mean, bit, they're in they're Tallahassee, not. but well, I mean, there's some people, you know, mainly Julian and Sleepy. But um, on the po- I'm starting the podcast war right now, actually. Ooh, yes, Hell you're yeah. on. Okay, we're gonna do this right now. Yes, I'm on right. team discoursers. The uh, the the ain't shite show or ain't shite show Ooh. has declared war on all other podcasts in Tallahassee. That's 
so fucking cool. Yeah. And I cannot, including discoursers. I'm gonna go to war with you guys. <laughs> Let's do it. I'll be on the. I'll be on team discourse. So we can have a discourses in between God's alliance. Mm-hmm. But when you're off, when you're off at the the ASS show, the ain't shy show. Enemies. 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 Mortal enemies. Heard that. I'm gonna have to get some recruit. I mean, that goes far as arch nemesis. Arch Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. I don't know. I well, maybe my arch nemesis is gonna be Sammy. I think. Yeah, yeah. For I think sure. I'm gonna go for that because we want to start a podcast while we're them too. Oh fuck yeah! And Dustin, Dustin, Dustin Richardson. He is. Oh yeah, the Richardson rant. Yeah. I forgot about that guy. Yeah, we actually did a. I did a third one with him. Oh shit! Of, the, of these. Damn. Yeah, he's always hilarious, dude. Facts. Always. That man can cut up a stage like a motherfucker, dude. Yeah. Man, I. I don't. I mean, I, I did a couple mics in Orlando, like over the when the pandemic was starting to open up, and Orlando's so different because it's like a big city. And there's like a big scene, larger community, and we're both relatively new in stand up. So we're still trying to like, you know, find our funny and, you know, mm-hmm. get our, our feet on the ground as comedians. Um, it, again, a stretch, a very long yawn in a stretch out of bed. And it's like that community in Orlando is there's drama and there's feuds. Not to say that that any social circle is without drama. But like up here, it's just much more of a like artistic community in a yeah. sense where everyone's trying to like lift each other up, put each other on shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can come do this show. And I mean, that's, we're doing it right now. I hate to say this, but that's very, very naive of the scene. There's lots of drama. Yeah. Lots of it. What, you mean like in Tally? Yeah, oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah, consistently. Well, there is, you're right about that. There is drama. I, I feel like I'm just not commenting it. That much because there's well, you're, part of, you're part of the one team of the drama. You're part of like the, the, the team that says shit you're not supposed to say. Oh, shit. Like you're that team. That's like really? me, you, Julian, Sleepy, you know, those there's kids. teams. Those, yeah. But then you got the other team that, that plays ball with uh, she who shall not be named. Who? She who shall not be named. Because if you say her name, she will appear. I hope she does. She's great. I love her. She's. I mean, she put me up in my first mic uh, when I when I started. I did. I did stand up once when I was seventeen. I did thirty seconds. I was so fucking goddamn high. Uh, There's like four people in this coffee house, and I was like, I didn't get a laugh. I was like, I'm not. I can't do this. And I had a panic attack, and I went out. But then I messaged her, and she was like, Yeah, come do the scene. Or, like, come do the show. I have an mm-hmm. opening. Very nice. I mean, I can't say enough great things about the... I'm not going to name her specifically, but the, the mom of Tallahassee comedy, for, for one word or another. Okay, here's... But let me qualify. I don't like the drama that she starts. Yes. I think she's funny. Fucking hilarious. Um, she's type not 15. my type of comedian, but I think she's funny. You know what I mean? I know. I need, no yeah. problem there. I like that she organizes things, gets shows out there... All those other She's things. She's a workhorse, yeah. Yeah, she absolutely is. But we just don't mesh well when it comes to like, when she's just causing these little drama things and it's like a little power play and it's like, yeah. and I get that. That's, you know, like that's what most, whether you're a band or a poet or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You're going to have that sort of uh, pecking order where everybody's fighting for whatever. For sure. Taboos and such. Right, yeah. What you should stay on stage, what you mm-hmm. shouldn't. Yeah. You know, whether you like, you won't get a show if you do this joke yeah. or whatever, which I was surprised. I kept getting up on stage. Yeah. <laughs> especially after the like Heil Hitler joke about hail oh. falling down from the sky. Dude, you want to talk about drama in the Tallahassee comedy scene? <laughs> Bro. Okay. You want to talk about shit that's not supposed to be allowed or said? So apparently 
this is news to me. And I really want to get into, I think we should also talk about what other comedians say behind each other's backs about each other. I think that'd be so much fun. <laughs> but there was this guy who was showing up, and I cover this on other episodes of my podcast. He was showing up to my open mics, and he was showing up to birds and stuff. And he was like, his material was fine. Mm-hmm. It Not really. He was an older Matthew Getty. And I'm mm. going to say his name because you'll see why. Um, <laughs> he's like, he was like an old Southern man. He did a couple of lots of laughs. Um, <clears throat> he did birds a couple times. And I'm drunk at this like this date frat sorority thing like they're doing. So I'm just with a bunch of women drunk at a, on a roller coaster. And I'm opening my phone trying to read it. And he's just calling this other showrunner a ton of names. He's like, this guy won't put me on. He won't. He won't put me on the on the show i don't that's my country accent right. and um that gamut yeah exactly <laughs> that's what that's almost more accurate right. uh, with the, i grew up in georgia i know oh, i know true. the accent <laughs> i got rid of mine on purpose true as, oh, when i was a kid i would kind of wish i would have kept it now but that's yeah. it'd be nice but then again you look you look at the culture war coming up and you're like maybe i should you know keep yeah. it in my back pocket but you know <laughs> hey y'all blm get them <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he so he shows up. He's messaging me all this stuff, and I kind of go, "Oh, that's odd." Uh, I tell him like, "Oh, that's not normal," and then I he goes like, "I'm done with it," blah, 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 calling him a lot, a lot of slurs and a lot of names. And as much as we talk about factions and stuff, mm-hmm. um, right and wrong, things you're supposed to say, things you're not supposed to say. This right. guy was saying things that legitimately you're not supposed to say. Right. Uh, I mean, there's lines and stuff, and without comedians, tact. Or whatever. Without yeah, and comedians always find ways to cross lines by being funny and making points and, and observations. Uh, but this was just like legitimately hateful shit. Right. And I was like, you can't come back to my show. That's like this isn't gonna be a thing. You can't really. Also, you're asking me for rides home, and I live on top of the the pizza plant. Like I can't be doing that. Mm-hmm. Year later, Black Lives Matter protests. Who's showing up? Matthew Getty in a Nazi uniform. Whoa. Yeah. So Tallahassee's kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah, I was giving Nazis a ride home from the open mic. But I banned him <laughs> I banned him before I knew he was a Nazi. So that technically makes me one of the good guys. Yeah. 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 So I mean as much as like that's that's and I think that's like the if we that's ex, an extrapolated version of like what's going on uh when we talk about like these showrunners or or these forces in this mm-hmm. Tallahassee comedy scene. It's a tough job. It is. Yeah. yeah. And they, they have to like they have to Make sure everyone's like going to be okay. No one's going to say anything that makes anyone feel unsafe. And maybe if they do, it'll be funny and good, and everyone will be relaxed and chill. Mm-hmm. But it's also like I didn't tell that showrunner that I did that. I didn't tell anyone else I did that. That's just the right thing to do. And I think if you boil it down, for most people, even the people on the side of like things you're not supposed to say, we're also just people. We're just trying to find the funny in the in the in the shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think people have different experiences as well. Like. You have a different Certainly. level of experience. Like as, a, as an ex-EMT, mm-hmm. my, my shit's going to be darker, obviously. Yeah, but for sure. death for six You've years. You've seen everything. Yeah it's, yeah, it's death and destruction and beheadings and soup-like bull heads when people <laughs> put shotguns in their mouth. Oh, Jesus By the Christ. way... Don't kill yourself with a shotgun. It looks really bad. Like, it's, like there's no, get a guy there's that... no open casket funeral on that one. Yeah, no. There's barely ashes. Yeah. <laughs> there's like BBs in the ashes. Right. <laughs> Have you ever like? Oh, I literally forgot the question. I'm gonna. Sorry, I'm so wired right now. To the people listening, don't look at them. Um, fuck them. Fuck them. Uh, can I borrow a cigarette? Yeah, yes, yeah. absolutely, so man. I really appreciate that. Hundred percent. 
I will smoke another one too. Fuck okay. yeah. But you were saying like. So, well, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. No, so, uh, what was. Uh, what were you going to school for? Uh, well, international affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, so you means, went around banging people while you were married around the world? I wish. I okay. fucking wish. Is that what the job entails? Like some, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, it's, uh, you know, it's basically political science. It's literally a political science degree with a language. Mm-hmm. And my mom sent me to a language magnet when I was a kid. So I have a pretty firm grasp on oh, the language. Oh, magnet kid. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, Bill Clinton visited this school. I'm going to send him right in the... And I'm like, all right. Bill Clinton. Yeah. That was really good, actually. Yeah. Bill Clinton. I can't do Bill it. Clinton. <laughs> Sounds like he has laryngitis all the time. Come so. here, Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, Hillary. Come I'm going to ravage you. Come here, Hillary. Come here, Chelsea. <laughs> but like... um, Go to the magnet. Yeah, so magnet, and then, uh, so I have a firm grasp on that, and I decided to do that because it's like, a political science degree, really, is that, I mean, as much as that is like, a college degree, it's from like, a fucking political science degree, you can't do much with that, so I, I at least, go into politics, you can't go into politics, and that was my original journey, or a lawyer, yeah, and that's, that was my secondary journey, I was, or like, Whataburger, I literally have a half-filled-out application. Why are you guessing my future and my past at the same time? I filled out, an, while I still wanted to do politics, because I grew up, um, I, was, I grew up a liberal, like a little Democrat kid, and I was involved, I was like an activist, whatever that, whatever an activist is nowadays. I wasn't posting shit on Instagram. I was going to protest and right. shit. Mm-hmm. I was a child. I'm a hero. Um, and it was like fun and stuff. I should probably... Kicking, kicking Nazis. Go ahead, kicking, yes. kicking Nazis off stage and being an activist. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a hero right there. He knew how to use a hashtag. That was the thing. The hashtag is the real secret weapon. Yes, sir. And especially if like some celebrity dies, I want to post a picture of him and say, "Oh, I knew every bit of his work." <laughs> or if you have a picture with him. Oh, there you go. My oh my. Yeah. I met him for five seconds. He was kind of a fucking douchebag. <laughs> He'll be missed. He told my mom no pictures, but she was like, she was really, she had this look in her eyes. <laughs> right. uh, I gave Nicolas Cage a ride on a pedicab. Really? Yeah. He lived in New Orleans. Actually, I picked him up on the ambulance too. A he has times. a grave plot there, right? He has what? In New Orleans. He has like a grave plot there for when he's going to Yeah, and it looks like, a, it looks like a, a pyramid. For real. It's in like one of the oldest cemeteries in New Orleans. Wow. It is, it is the oldest cemetery in New Orleans and one of the oldest in the country. I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah. St. Louis Cemetery number one or something like that. Wow. And uh, it's a pyramid. Damn. Absolutely a pyramid on top of it. It's not massive, style. but it's, it's definitely some Illuminati shit. There's no way that you that you can be Nicolas Cage and still get work and not be in the new Illuminati. Yeah, if you're Nicolas Cage, you're going to have at least a couple people trying to solve your murder, even if you die of COVID. <laughs> but yeah, with international affairs, it's like, I just wanted, I wanted to be a politician because I have the gift of gab. I feel like I have the right ideals for people that want to vote. I'm a rationalist, but I'm also like, we need to get shit done for people that have been getting destroyed forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I'm speaking freely. I don't know your political views, um, but yeah, that's just what I was seeing. And then I kind of was like, well, that, that flag flips around to a Confederate flag. So fuck yeah. <laughs> so dual purpose. Tallahassee. <laughs> no, but like, 
It was it satire, was, people. Satire. Sat- I don't just, have a fucking Confederate flag. This is just jokes. <laughs> but it was like, all right, I don't want to do that. So then I was going to be a spy. And okay, CIA, NSA. I was going to do CIA so I could go overseas. I could, you know, talk French. Well, you to, could probably you could probably pitch them right now. They're probably listening. Yeah. So CIA, if you want to pick me up, I'm right here. You can come grab me. They usually keep a van on the corner. Yeah, put there. a bag on my head. I don't give a fuck. You know, anything with healthcare, anything eye and dental, give it to me right here. But it's, you know, it's like I, I was going to do that. And then I started to do research and I got more involved in like reading news and stuff and what was going on in the world. And I kind of was like taking classes and looking into how political theory works and how the U.S. uses it and what we do with it and then how intelligence works mm-hmm. and what we'd be expected to do in intelligence and in this stuff. I have my United States intelligence services certificate. Like I have, you know, like that's like a, like as much as I like to bullshit about it. Like I, I learned a good bit about what goes on and I realized I could do all this and I maybe, well, if they took me, if they took me, which is a big if, because again, security issue. Yeah. I'm me right here sitting on a couch sweating. Right. And, um, you know, and I, I, they probably wouldn't have, but it was a goal nonetheless. There's like 17 some like intelligence branches in the U.S. I, I'll land one of them. I'll land one out of 17, um, and hopefully mm. with any degree. And it's like, I didn't want to be doing that because as much as I could say I'm on the right side of things, if I'm doing evil shit for a paycheck, it's like, right. wow. So now I'm a comedian and no one gets paid and no one has a good time when I'm on stage. Wait, so, so. you're a CIA person that became a comedian to infiltrate the comedian scene. I fucking Shut wish. us down. If the CIA wants to use me as an asset, I'm right here. Look, I'm right here. I'll, I'd love to be a little footnote in the textbook. But, um... So then I was just like, oh, shit. Uh, whatever. Okay. Cheers. I was just like, fuck it. I want to do this. International affairs, whatever. I'm going to get the degree. I'm going to go work in an office for a couple years and see if comedy works out. If it doesn't, you know, I won't use a shotgun just out of respect to you. Um, And then, yeah, that'll be that'll be cool and fun. Just my advice to anyone who's like 100 percent going to kill themselves. Number one, fucking don't. Number two, at least don't make a fucking mess. Facts. That's the big thing. Do something nice. Yeah. Pre-roll yourself in a rug. Right? You know? And don't do anything to damage your organs if you're an organ donor. But again, don't kill yourself. Yeah. If they damage one organ, do are all of them void? Or do they extract, like, if so, say someone's stomach got blown out, can they take his heart? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, as long as you get it in a certain amount of time. Oh, yeah. But with suicides, suicides are usually around for a while because no one catches it because they go off by themselves. Oh, yeah. So they're like usually pretty fucking dead. Damn. <laughs> so yeah what was the craziest shit you saw like like what like I, I, there's gotta be a ton of crazy shit but there mm-hmm. has to be one moment where you were just like I need to I need to step back from this real quick and, and really take a second there were there were a couple uh, one of the, the crazy weirdest was uh, we showed up to this uh, motorcycle wreck and the motorcycle was just in pieces all over the, the, the road. It was late at night. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the main truck on it, so I was there just kind of observing. This dude was already dead. But the thing was, he was cut in half. Like, above the fucking hip bone here, cut in half. What kind of road was it? Just a regular old road going underneath an interstate. Damn. And he was cut in fucking half, and we couldn't figure out how that happened. 
because we looked at the, the tension wires, the grounding wires. Maybe he like ran into that going 120 miles an hour and it cut him in half. Nope. Nope. Come to find out later that night, uh, we saw the coroner at the hospital after we had dropped someone off. And apparently they had gotten the story already about this guy that he took a lot of, I think it was cocaine or heroin from a guy to sell it. And he sold it and then he used that money to buy the motorcycle he didn't pay the guy back and he was dealing in bulk oh shit <laughs> also come to find out he had three bullet holes in his back so not only was he cut in half hauling ass he had three bullet holes in his back so i only have one theory it was the yakuza it sounds a lot like a motorcycle. You want yeah. to talk about motors? If it's a motorcycle chase, you can narrow it down to probably one gang in the world. Right. Motorcycle chase and you cut them in half. Okay, that's like a ninety percent probability. Seriously, that's got to be. That's the all Yakuza's I got. Operating. Yeah. And where was this? That was in New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. So you are just like an experienced experience. You've lived life. Many people will not touch the half the experiences that you have lived and i mean we, we're getting on like i know i'm i'm kind of a younger guy so i don't really have that much life experience mm. where do you come from like like how, how are you here what got you here and, and i know that's a very broad open-ended question but like so you mean as far as my path going through life or just like, here in yeah. tallahassee yeah because it's like i i love to it's learn a lot. about it's a lot, so I can just skim over things. Uh, so, started out in Savannah, outside of Savannah, Georgia, in the fucking country ass shit. Like I was shooting a twenty two rifle when I was like 11, 12 years old. Hell yeah! And uh, moved out of, moved into the city. Well, just just right outside the city suburbs of Savannah for a long time. Then moved into Savannah proper, and then came homeless for a few years. Uh, actually, no, it was homeless for years. Then Savannah proper. Uh, yeah, I train. I train hopped and like hitchhiked around and all this other stupid shit. Oh, you're yeah. not supposed to do. Got construction jobs along the way. I was. I was. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't like one of those gutter punk kids. Mm-hmm. I was more of a hobo. Yeah, it yeah. sounds. I mean, the train hopping. <laughs> so <laughs> how was that? Being a hobo. Yeah, yeah. Like, cause that's. I mean, that's a fucking wild experience. Like, what were? What was the ins and outs? Like, how would you start your day? How would you end your day? I mean, you started as quick as possible because wherever you were sleeping was usually you weren't allowed to sleep there and people would come during the day to wake you up. So you would want to wake up before they had to wake you up. Because sometimes you could wake up to like being kicked. Like really? in, in the ribs and shit and people get mad that you're sleeping on their property or whatever. Not in like a burbs or anything, more woodsy like along the interstate yeah. or whatnot. You know, there's trees and shit all around. Hmm. But people still get pretty angry about that. Damn. Yeah. I would go to convenience stores on the on-ramp or off-ramp and try and get rides there or just walk down the fucking interstate. Like, whatever. Might as well, yeah. Yeah. And then every now and then you'd hook up with people and be like traveling partners. Best traveling partner of mine was a woman. Really? And she was hitchhiking by herself. She doesn't want to be hitchhiking by herself and women get rides way more than men. Yeah. So you team up. And you, you got it made. You got you got self-defense and you got to ride real quick. Facts. Yeah. That's the life. Especially if they haven't been traveling for super long. Like if they've been traveling for five years, they They're look new. busted. Anybody that's been traveling for five years, they look busted up. Mm-hmm. You don't want to pick them up. Yeah. That's when you usually just end up buckling down in one city. You know? 
so like day-to-day interaction you talk about you wake up and i don't know if you've been over this with with your viewers or not or your people that it, listen no. to it. you wake up to maybe being kicked maybe being kicked off property mm. you go convenience store you get rides so it's just the days just catching rides mm. or do people i mean obviously you have a home now how how did you feel in everyday interactions with other human beings? Could they tell immediately? Um, yeah, they could tell immediately. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I had a big like army style rucksack sort of thing, and I just looked weird. I was weird. I was I was wearing like one of those drug rugs, nice. you know, that was made out of like the 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 shit they make uh fucking sacks out of for that's, wheat and shit. That's what they cover cocaine in yeah. when they <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> yeah cocaine and coffee. Facts yeah, indeed. <laughs> Yeah, so one of those. So people knew immediately. I spent most of my time in libraries um, really? during the day part. If I didn't need to really get anywhere, mm-hmm. um, I would spend my day in a library because they can't kick you out. So you just go in there oh, nice. and just read. Just read. And it was also kind of in the beginning of the internet. So you could go get basic internet on, you know, I could update oh, yeah. my Angel Fire page. Nice. And you know, update the <laughs> HTML on it and make it sparkly in the background or what the fuck ever. You know, make it play a song. True. You know, a little MIDI song. And uh, yeah, so I just read and read and read. And I think I read about everything, everything from ninjutsu to fucking physics. Like, wow. I didn't, I, granted, I didn't grasp all of it, you know, fully, but it was more so, just digesting. an education. Yeah. Yeah. Just spent that time doing that. True. So, yeah. so all days in libraries, you're just learning, learning, learning during the day. I mean, homeless people are often you know grouped mm-hmm. as in like oh you don't want to be a homeless guy oh there's a there's a home oh there's their home you know they're often they're grouped in as you know a group of people kind of taking away from their individuality right on the flip side of that homeless people interact with i mean in some cases hundreds thousands of people every day depending on where you are indeed um and so in that sense, they kind of, they gain back that control of knowing, I mean, generalizing groups of people as much as they're generalized as a group of people. Who were, who were the nicest people and in as a group? And then who were just like the most, you know, just fucking dicks? That's a good question. Uh, nicest to homeless people would definitely have to be blue collar workers. Really? Like if you're hitchhiking down the road. You stick your thumb up, more than likely you're going to have a, a Ford F-250 pull over with a crew of five guys to tell you to jump in the back of the truck or jump in the back seat or whatever it is. And even if they don't have a room, they'll make room. They'll give you a couple of cigarettes, sometimes smoke a joint with you. They got beer and a cooler in the back and they're drinking, cruising down the interstate. What a life. And they, there's no judgment. They're just like, hey, so what are you doing out here? Cool. All right. Yeah. Have a normal ass conversation. Worst? Hmm. Uh, I got picked up by a few dudes that that thought the automatic road rule. You remember the George Carlin bit from uh, uh, the Kevin Smith me. movie? You'll have to remind me. Uh, that's where he's, he's where George Carlin is hitchhiking, mm-hmm. and he goes uh, the other characters with him, and he goes he goes oh you know there's the unwritten rule of the road, and he goes, and he's like what that what's that. Uh, and he goes, oh, you got to give him head. doesn't matter who it is. You just got to give him head. It's the unwritten rule of the road. 
and this van pulls over and picks him up and it's a nun that pulls over and he looks out the window and he just goes and he pulls up the dress and he goes down it's so good but yeah so there's um there were a couple dudes that picked me up and they were the thing is they were usually church people this is the thing by themselves or in a group by themselves there were usually some sort of church person you could tell they had a little cross and Jesus stuff all over the dashboard and all this other stuff and they were just weird and awkward and they would always be like so you know you want to you know and I was like no and they would be like well you know kind of pick you up and I was like well I kind of do have a knife so <laughs> there's that and they're like oh okay Damn. and then it's a really awkward ride but I'm not getting out yeah. fuck you like fuck I still that. need to get somewhere <laughs> yeah, you just tried to solicit me for prostitution you're the only one yeah. committing a crime it wasn't even fucking prostitution it was literally not, just, yeah. yeah I mean if it's like I don't know, pull out a couple hundred bucks. I'd be like, ah, maybe I'll consider it. Facts. Uh, that's a Money's lot of money. Twenty dollars is twenty dollars. Yeah, exactly. You it's know. a lot of sandwiches. Facts. Yeah, a lot of ham sandwiches. Indeed. Callback. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, so that's you. That, that's two different sects of America. That I mean, bl- the blue collar worker. Mm-hmm. The you know the guy that goes packs his lunch pail, gets in his truck, grabs a shovel. Goes to work all day, comes home to a wife, mm-hmm. and then you have the put together Christian. You know, I'm assuming mostly white, mm-hmm. mostly. Yeah. Oh yeah, they, they literally fit the serial killer stereotype. Like every one of them, like 25 <laughs> to 35 white male, it's the wearing the fucking big glasses and shit. Damn. Yeah. And and so that's like not to. I mean, I'm a generalizer. If you can't tell, um, just by general. But like that's two sides of the spectrum as far as. Um, traditionally in america conservative people go indeed yeah and so that's i mean not to make a point for you but um to me that just kind of represents like the ideas of america versus them in practice theory versus practice absolutely so you have like the guys Mm -hmm. that like the real you want to talk about patriotism you want to talk about pulling yourself up by your bootstraps you have, you know, red-blooded Republicans in these states, and they still see as person, and that's and that's like no matter who give, who's giving you a ride, who's doing, they, you're just a guy, and you're hanging out with them for the time being, just two people having a conversation in a car. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, I mean, at least to me, that's the archetype that the Republican Party is trying to chase. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And yeah. and then you have the uptight Christians with the hair that looks like a Lego set. And they're the ones that are kind of trying to, oh. They're the senators. Yeah. That's the senators. <laughs> that's the Congress. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, there's a lot of Republican people are totally different from that. Mm-hmm. Just because you hear this Mitch McConnell shitbag yeah. say whatever, it doesn't mean he represents. That's fact. It's just the only option they had at that point for their political affinity. Yeah. You know? It's the only people that are going mean, to give why, money to a campaign. Yeah. Well, that's why Biden's up there, too, is because like, he was the only... People are going to vote for him just because he's the only choice with this affinity. What's the other choices? Libertarian, which we know is not going to win. Green Party. Or, not even a real Green Party's not even a thing this year. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even heard of anything. Yeah. Uh, barely heard of Joe Jorgensen, the yeah. Libertarian candidate, who's actually Joe pretty Joe. awesome. Really? Yeah. She's just not going to get voted in. Yeah, probably. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, just like Trump, you know, there, there's just no better option than Trump and there, there's no better option than Biden. And you're like, Jesus fucking Christ, how do we get to this point? How did we get here? It really makes you think. You know what I mean? Like, it really makes you think about, like, 
shit we were taught, you know, not just like in the textbooks, but like about, you know, America as an ideal baseball and apple pie and all this shit. And it's all good. And you go back to your home and then it's like, that's written down somewhere for someone to do. And as far as America goes, for most people, um, I mean, if you want to throw women in there, for most people, that wasn't really the story that was written for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and mm. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I've said I don't know your politics a couple of times in this show. And I, would you be willing to maybe get into some yeah, no, I, I'm talk? open about it. I'm just totally fucking moderate completely. And like, I finally got rid of the last vestiges of leaning kind of left probably um, two months ago. <laughs> it was when the whole Kamala Harris thing happened. He announced Kamala Harris as the VP. Oh, yeah. That was the point where I went like, Okay, really? I can't, I can't support this any really? longer. Yeah. Joe Biden is—he's just going to be mostly ineffectual, I think. Yeah, come on. He's not, a, but he's not a danger. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's, he's a safe just, choice. Yeah, he's a safe choice. Kamala is not a safe choice. Yeah, she's very, uh, she's very, uh, she she leans hard into whatever she's trying to sell, and whatever that thing is, which is in California, it was making money off of inmates, locking them up. Keeping him there, even though the Supreme Court told her to let him go. Throw the key away. Yep, exactly. Just making money off of that. Putting out fires because they didn't have enough firefighters. Couldn't afford, to, couldn't afford to pay firefighters. Other types of work. Making now, Victoria's Secret panties and shit. Wait, That's, she was? No, well, Victoria's oh, so, Secret was operating out of private prisons. Really? Yeah, it was actually a storyline that they paralleled with on uh, that Netflix show, Orange is the New Black. Holy about shit. About the women's in prison. Yeah, Victoria's Secret was using prison labor to make all their panties and shit. Damn. Isn't that fucking wild? Yeah. Like, like. Wow. Man. Yeah, so on the other side, like, who, uh, on the right side, who is. Who's better? I mean, who's better than Trump and Pence? Like, nobody. What do you want, Ted Cruz? Like, really? I mean, which... You want the ninth Bush? Yeah, the ninth Bush. You want the Bush behind <laughs> Billy Bush? Right? Yeah. Jeb Jr. Jr.? Like, <laughs> I actually met Jeb. I went to the, when they were doing Trump's first thing, uh, my mom, she's always been like, she wants to make sure I was always politically active and stuff. And she brought me to New Hampshire for like the first primary. Mm. And I met a couple of those motherfuckers. Uh, Chris Christie. Okay. Who is about to die? Mm-hmm. I have a selfie with Chris Christie, and he looks like he's going to die in that photo. That's what killed him. Facts. <laughs> Good then, job. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So you're so, a hero once again. Someone's recognizing my hard work as a hero without a cape. Uh, and then Marco Rubio was going to have a pancake breakfast. There were no pancakes. There were no pancakes. These are just lies perpetrated to us from the political elite. You know, I show up to Deerfield Elementary School in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting it's a pancake breakfast. They It's advertised. It's billed. Look, and I live in Florida. I've lived in Florida forever. Marco Rubio, we, we all know about you. We get it. We kind of, yeah. Well, right. Right. I'm, every time I, I'm like, okay, yuck, yeah. Rubio. I'm in a whole other state now. I'm rooting for you on a, not rooting, but I'm pretending to root for you on a national level so I can get pancakes. Mm-hmm. It's billed as a pancake breakfast. Why would you have 800 people show up and there's not a single, there wasn't a single pancake. It's like they maybe had pancakes for like 100 people. They're like, he doesn't have that much support. And then they, they were like, you know what, we're just not even going to make these, we're not even going to start to make the, the 100 people's worth of pancakes. Well, the, the pancakes were supposed to trickle down. Yeah, right? But they, they just never, never did. He kept all the pancakes for himself. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. him and his crew, the political elites of America. You hate to see it. You really Dude. do. Nothing nothing encapsulates America more than a pancake breakfast where you show up and they make you sit down in a child's chair and they tell you about <laughs> capitalism and trickle-down economics mm-hmm. and how healthcare has to be privatized. And, and why like, we have to lock up the black people for drugs. Facts. It's for our own safety. And you're like, wait, Kamala? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then you look at like the private prison shit, man. That's like something that is not really... I mean objectively now even even people on the the right are like hey we can't really be like doing that like even they recognize it's unilateral yeah absolutely and then you got like but you got the person that's supposed to be on the you know for the left side the 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 right side of history and you ask yourself why the fuck are they doing that and then you realize we're kind of fucked Mm -hmm. we're kind of fucked all around because the fact that biden was uh was a huge proponent of the three strikes law yeah, I mean, Massive that man wrote the fucking 94 crime bill. He has a lot mm-hmm. of misplaced quotes, to say the least. Very not great words to say in a public forum. But then Indeed. again, here we are doing this podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not voting, no, you're not voting for him because you ain't black. So <laughs> don't worry. I could try, but then my ballot will just get thrown away. Meal for all. This, I just want it to be done. I really just want it to be done. And the thing is, when it's done, it's not even going to be done. Because we're going to get there on election day. There's going to be a team of lawyers on one side or the other side saying, look at all these ballots that got stolen. Mm. Look at this man. Look at this man that looks kind of like Ted Cruz, but he's wearing a mailman's outfit. Mm-hmm. And he's throwing a bag of trash in the river. I promise that's not Ted Cruz. That's a real mailman. And we're going to prosecute him. And it's like, right. all right. <laughs> right. We get it. <laughs> And then they're never heard from again, Facts. whoever's proxy- prosecuted. Yeah. It's like, all right, you go hang out with Epstein for a little while. Go hang out with Ghislaine Maxwell. Do your thing. Well, You've earned G- it. Ghislaine, Ghislaine Maxwell isn't hanging out yet, but she soon <laughs> she, will be. We haven't heard a lot about her recently. I, I haven't heard anything. I think she's probably already. She's either dead or she's in a bunker on an island that no one knows about. That's the only two ways that she's still alive. She's supposed to be in or, a jail in Connecticut, but... There's no news. No. So it's like... It's because she's be. she's given more names. Absolutely. For sure. 100%. She's probably ready to spill the beans totally. Mm-hmm. But she's trying to calculate, who do I spill it on and remain alive? Is what she's trying to do. Yeah. So you're trying to delve them out slowly. Being like, yeah, well, Clinton was one of them. You know? She's trying to make mm-hmm. all these fucking these lies and, and trying to protect all these people that are fucking kids. Adults are really just kids, big kids, and this is not this is not my endorsement for pedophilia. You can shut that shit down right now. Adults are basically just like children. Like like you look at Trump, he's a child yeah. in an adult seventy four year old man's body. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? What like? Did he grow up shitting on gold toilets, surrounded by security? And he's flying on hell. He didn't even take a taxi from building to building. He would take a helicopter from just from building to building. That's a taxi for him. Fucking. You don't even know what real life is at that point. Like real life is not even a uh, real life is what you saw on fucking Friends, the show, or, you know, or like an 80s sitcom or something like that. Or the porn star you're fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that you got from Russia or yeah. whatever. <laughs> one of them. Yeah, one of them. One of the five million, I'm sure. Yeah, it looks like... What's up? Melania's the, the new one. Yeah. Yeah, Melania's getting kind of old, so I'm guessing he's probably going to switch that out. And she did have COVID. 
He might just make the switch. He might just switch yeah. Ivanka. Let's call it. Let's call up Putin. Hey, buddy, uh, this one broke. Uh, right. Can you send me another one? <laughs> Melania died of COVID, and also now it's legal to marry your daughter. Right. Ivanka, come here. <laughs> Tiffany, you're next. <laughs> you know what I mean? Indeed. That was kind of a big hullabaloo bullshit about him wanting to fuck his daughter. That was think, kind of ridiculous. Well, I mean, so. you got Stormy Daniels and then another, I mean, I don't know the other one's name, but another woman mm-hmm. who's like, hey, Trump paid me a lot of money because he fucked me. Oh, yeah. And yeah, he, yeah, yeah, they yeah. both remarked, they both had similar stories of the encounter um, with like similar methods, but they both said that he told each of them on separate occasions how much they looked like his daughter. And that's like, hey, what? You king shaming? You king shaming, bro? King shaming. I mean, come on. Everyone wants a, you know, stepmom sends you to your room. But, like, Trump's, Trump could live it if he wanted to. And yeah, he, but isn't watching a stepmom sends it to your room the same fucking thing? Pretty much. But you're, it's not it. your actual stepmom. Or in this case, your literal daughter. You know what I mean? Like, I, there's like... Porn is so propagated in America. Everyone has mm. a porn addiction now. Everyone has a porn addiction. Yeah. You think you, you think you don't have a porn addiction? Check your fucking, you know, go to your private browsers, open those tabs. Everyone has a porn addiction now. So it's all all that weird stuff. And the most popular stuff is is all the family stuff. And that's kind of weird to me. It's all family. Well, here's the thing. The brothers, the, the, the stepbrother or stepsister porn is really good porn if you just ignore the text and you turn the sound off. <laughs> so that way it's not incest. Put some Manilow in the but back. But it's just it's just well done in general as far as kind of awkward like sex, you know, so you just mute it and you you don't don't think about them being related. Facts. At all. And we're running out and I think that's also um, a, an extension of of sexual taboos because it's we talk about the stepmom, the stepdad. It's so normalized. Um Back in the day, like kids, I mean, kids are jerking off to TikTok now. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, you had to find an adult, get them to buy a magazine for you, and then go home before you had to, I don't know, pick up the pig shit or so. I don't know what life was back in those days. My stepdad but. had a, a subscription to Playboy. Oh. So I had it made, even though I found Hustler later after I left the house, and I was like, this is way better. Way better. There's actually full-on vagina and everything. Playboy, they're like, ooh, just hide the vagina. Everything else, though. Can I tell a story I've never told? Go for it. Like, out loud ever? Yeah, go for it. So my father, he passed early, but he left about 30,000 comic books. Legit 30,000. So boxes, boxes. They could fill up this room. Or probably a good section of it. Mm -hmm. And I would just go through them every now and again. And I was like eight, and I found a hustler. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, I've never told any, I've never even mentioned this out loud. Uh, this is exclusive content, guys. But <laughs> I, it's like, I find the hustler and I'm like, looking, I'm like, it's from the 80s. So it's like 80s down and dirty, cocaine, rock and roll. I'm like, yo, what? It was my sexual awakening. I was eight. And I just remember being like, oh my God, this is dope as fuck. And then I was so embarrassed about having the hustler that, that one, puritan shame yes exactly i was so embarrassed about even having it near me and so like petrified of what was going to happen if someone found it um that i like cut it up <laughs> it was i was such an eight-year-old thing to do it was right. such a funny scenario my mom had gone to like my mom had gone with my sister somewhere 
And so I cut it up with scissors. I cut up every single page very fine, and I put it in a gallon Ziploc bag, and I fill the bag with water, and I just start shaking it. I'm hoping, like, the ink dissolves or something. This was your first foray into being a spy. Yes. Get rid of the evidence. Espionage right yeah. there. Espionage. Um, <laughs> ah, just break my ACL. Um, but then so I'm shaking it up, and I realize I like, drain the water as best I can pick up all the pieces. I'm still looking at tits. I didn't cut it up fine enough. Mm. So I'm like, this is a dead body. This is like, because now there's evidence. Because mm. like before the hustler was just a hustler. It was a person in that sense. I killed the hustler. Got to dispose of it somewhere. I can't dispose of it in my garbage can. What if my mom is like, hey, I threw my, you know, my engagement ring away. And now I got to look in. Oh, is it in this bag of porn? No, I buried it in the backyard. I bury the bag of hustler porn in the backyard, and then I'm like overthinking it. I'm literally eight. Right. I am literally eight years old in a neighborhood by myself, freaking out about this porn that I would that was bestowed upon me. And so I end up just taking a walk and just drop it in a neighbor's like trash can. Mm -hmm. And then like I see the neighbor come out and I like look at them and they go, Hey, Andy. And I go, Hey. And I just walk home. And thankfully, that I don't think they, they were spooked by it. But I was I lived with that for like a year. I was like, what if they find? And then I was like yeah, nine. And whole I was year. Like, yeah. <laughs> then I learned how to spell boobs. And I was like, oh, okay. I can just do this on the computer now. But then we had a, a computer that the internet was fucked up. So you couldn't X out of the Internet Explorer tabs. Oh, so man. every time I would look at like porn or something, I would literally just look up like 30 different fucking things. Mm. I would legit look up like 30 different things and just go all the way and hope no one clicked all the way back because that would have been a shit show. <laughs> Indeed. Shit. God. So uh, that's my sexual awakening. My whole thing was burning shit. Like evidence. really? I burned evidence, yeah. I used to steal my uh, report cards when they were sent through the mail. Really? And then burn it. My mom would be like, isn't there supposed to be a report card coming? I was like, oh, I don't know. It's very stupid school administration. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> And then sooner or later I would get caught because she was burning like, oh, shit. Apparently it got sent and never got here. I was like, oh, I don't know what you mean. Like, how did you light? How did you burn down the entire house and the only thing that was left was your report card? Right. <laughs> I still remember the panic of uh, spraying pepper spray in my house with the white walls, and as soon as it hit the wall, it stained it. Like, really? My mom had pepper spray and she stained it immediately. Oh no! And I was like, oh fuck! That's and we. I had to go out to the garage, and I was like. 10 probably 11 had to go out to the garage find paint come in paint it make sure that i kept my mom away from that wet paint to like touching the wall that took all <laughs> night all night i'm just like oh, go. you don't want to go over here like, yeah, let's go over there damn yeah <laughs> time <laughs> i miss the good old days of just being a child mm. just finding shit and destroying destroying it i miss keeping secrets from my mom I think a lot of people are still kind of operate on that, though. It, like you were saying, a lot of people are just children. Mm -hmm. And ch what children do is try to cover up their mistake. They try in the worst ways possible. Yeah. Right? Fucking hide it by any means. Yeah, by any fucking means, but usually the dumbest way possible. But, <laughs> you know, the fucking any means, because they can't think straight because they're so guilty. Like, oh, I have to get rid of my mistake, my mistake, my mistake, my mistake. Mm -hmm. When what really actually helps you evolve is grabbing the mistake looking at it and going all right well let me examine this like what went wrong here mm -hmm. you know how did i fail and why and then yeah, and why and what can i do in the future to prevent that and you look at it 
And then you put it back down and you'd be like, all right, well, I've taken all the power out of it. So now it's not, it's not even a thing anymore. Granted, you do something too fucked up. Then you got to be like, now I got to be smart about hiding this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Like you accidentally kill a hooker or whatever, yeah, you know, no, like, no. Ah. It's like, where's the nearest rug store? <laughs> right. Yeah. I got plenty of trunk space. Don't worry. I got <laughs> but yeah, I, I think a lot of people don't like to fail. And I think... Especially now publicly with all the social media and shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone's got a persona they're, they're upkeeping. Well, people are not saying anything on social media because they're afraid to say a definitive thing. Yeah. Like, if you say a definitive thing, there's no extra context around it you can't mm-hmm. go back to it and say like no 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 this is what it meant yeah and you no, can no, maybe no. change your mind later but that's mm-hmm. after you explain why you changed your mind and then also they're going to be like hey you weren't one of the ogs mm-hmm. you weren't you weren't on board with yeah right or like the kevin hart thing where he was taking off the oscars because of an old like oh yeah gay homophobic joke yeah that whole thing i mean i don't really see this podcast lasting too long it's um, lasted a year Oh, well, once it, it goes up in numbers a little bit, so, because it's going to get more attention, and the more yeah. attention it gets, then it's definitely going to get canceled. I've already accepted it. I've already accepted cancel. it. Cancel? Give a fuck. It's going to, the network's going to cancel it? Well, I'll just get booted off YouTube and get, you know. True. That's what's going to happen. Demonetized? Yeah, 100%. Feel that. I'm trying to reach for a pen so I can write, I got to be out of here in five minutes, but also it's like... Well, let's just go into it now. Fuck it. All right, fuck it. Hell yeah. yeah. I mean, we're at almost hour 20 minutes. Oh, wow. So... I flew by. This was such a fucking fun conversation, yeah. man. It was fuck so yeah. it's so nice and awesome to do this crossover and learn a lot about you. Just pick your brain a little bit. That was really fun. Fuck I really yeah, appreciate man. it. Yeah, thanks for being on. And, and no I'm, problem. Thanks I for was, having me. I was... Uh... I enjoyed being on your podcast. Hell yeah. So, <laughs> no, did, I enjoy being on your <laughs> No, 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 no. Because you did flip it a couple of times, which I'm not used Facts. to. But True. Like, when I'm doing this, it's just me sort of spurring along. You're like, mm-hmm. wait, well, all right. Ask the question. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, that was the, that's the end of a Discoursers episode there. Heck yeah. And uh, that was Andy Liston, comedian, spy, who has a new podcast called In Between Gods. Heck yeah. Check With it Andy out. Andy Liston. It'll be, uh, I mean, you're going to listen to the same exact episode if you listen to this one. But listen to the rest of them. Yes, please. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Joey. I appreciate it. It's been a fucking pleasure, man. Hell yeah. I always remember. Oh, wait. I was going to fist bump. No, yeah, you're good. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Hell yeah. That's it. (laughs) You brand yourself as the go fuck yourself.